Welcome to the Wartime Leadership Podcast, where we explore what spiritual resiliency looks like from different perspectives. We often focus on the physical, emotional, and social sides of resiliency, but we too often neglect the spiritual pillar. Now, this looks different for everyone. We will be exploring what spiritual resiliency looks like in the lives of our guests, who are people from all different walks of life. Today's episode is sponsored by Success Draft, where we help transform your dreams into drafted plans. Head over to successdraft.com to get started on your future today. This episode's guest is Antoinette Logan. She has worked her way all the way up the branding and marketing field from the very bottom to the top. She is an author of two books entitled Cutting Costs in Business and now has It Starts With I. Ms. Logan talks regularly on topics like mental health, personal development, creative marketing, domestic violence, sexual abuse, branding, and many, many more topics. Ms. Logan, welcome. Please, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Nathan, for having me on the show. I'm so honored to be here with you. Well, we are excited to have you here. Uh, even, you know, just in the short time that we've had between emails, between uh, instant messaging, going back and forth between us, I knew that this was going to be a great episode. And if you all look at the cover art, you're going to see what, what looks like attitude, like, like just the, the presence that she brings into a room is absolutely overwhelming. It is amazing. You can just see where her success has come from. Thank you so, so much. It's so funny because they a lot you get mixed reviews about that photo. It's like some are like, you look like you don't play. And then <laughs> others take it as like, you look like you're about your business. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it's true, though, it's, it, you know, perception perspective is reality. Right. And in that case, yes. I, I see somebody that's down for business. But you know what? I'll have a little bit of fun while we're there. Exactly. Exactly. That is me in a nutshell. So yes, you got it. <laughs> well, hey, before we get going, before we get into this, how about if we start off with five easy questions? All right, let's get into it. All right. How about this question one? What is one thing that you find repulsive? Liver. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you, you are I don't not like wrong. It. It's nasty. <laughs> Is it just the the overall taste of it or what is it about it? Everything about it. I don't like the the mushiness of it when you eat it, like when you put it in the texture. I just mm -mm. Mm -hmm. I don't like how it looks either, like before you even cook it. Now, I'm pretty sure that I am I am, you know, for for life, I will have that smell of my mom cooking liver in our kitchen. I will have that for the rest oh. of my life. Just hanging up in my nostril regions right Ugh, you are not yeah wrong. I, I can't do liver <laughs> all right what is one thing that is inside your online shopping cart that you have not purchased yet software oh. i have tons of software and lots of shopping carts <laughs> wow okay what kind of software yeah. are you talking about just well, um, I I am a 
I'm all about streamlining and making my business run smoother, easier, and on as automating as much of it as possible. So I'm always purchasing software that helps me do that, whether depending on which area of the business. So let's say if we were talking about email marketing, then it might be some email marketing software. If we're ta- you get what I'm saying? Okay. It just depends on what I'm working on at that time, but I'm always looking for software. Well, this is, this is definitely something that I'm starting to look a lot more into now that I'm building up my brand and getting my business off the ground. I just... I just put in for the LLC. I got it approved. So we're 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 starting point one. Hey, you know to reach out to me if you need any assistance. Oh, you oh trust me. I have you, I have you now in my Rolodex in my mind. So don't worry. What mm-hmm. is what is or how about this? Who's your favorite superhero? Um besides myself? <laughs> yes, you can uh, count yourself. Uh, well, me, I'm my superhero. Okay, why is that? Because I always tend to tap into my superhero inside of me to make it out of the situations that most wouldn't. Mm, I love that. That is awesome. Mm, and Thank we're gonna you. get and we're true. gonna get more into that. We're gonna get more into that. Trust me. Now, last question. I am giving you two plane tickets. I'm handing them to you. One is to somewhere that you've already been, and another one is to somewhere that you have never been to yet. Where are those two plane tickets to? Uh, California and Mahi. Ooh, any particular city in California or? Um, I've been a few different cities, but I love L.A. Okay. So you got a bit of an L.A. vibe in you. Now, you're based out of Chicago and Atlanta, correct? Yes. Okay, so so you like the bigger cities. Love it, but I'm really all about the... I am a... I love trees, right? And when I say trees, we're talking not just the trees as the wind blow, but, you know, trees make money. Trees, uh, trees make marijuana. Trees are beautiful, such as palm trees. So like anywhere I can go and get those three things, I'm happy about that. Okay. I like it. I'm very much a cannabis and marijuana advocate. I love money and the beautiful palm trees and exotic trees. I just love the whole vibe. Mm, I love it. You know, here, here in South Carolina, it is called the Palmetto State. So we have a lot of palm trees. So I I definitely get you on that one. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, I have well, to come back down there and check you all out again. I haven't been to South Carolina um, since last year during my tour. Oh, it is absolutely the most relaxing place that I've ever been, that we have ever lived, has definitely been here. It's one of my favorite places. Nice. So how about this, Miss Ms. Logan? Why don't you take us through your backstory? Kind of bring us up to date of everything that you've been through, what, what, you've, what you've been through, what, what jobs you've had or... Really, you, you just tell us about you. Okay. Um, well, I have been through, when it comes to personal life, I've been through a lot of um, childhood adversities and things of that nature, such as um, abuse, sexual abuse, um, verbal abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse, domestic violence. I was in a, I st- my life started dysfunctionally with 
two people who had their own set of issues that made a baby. Baby comes, they still don't have it together. So baby's in the mix of the of the the mess. And uh they made a mess. So during growing up was a bit um was a bit rocky and there was a lot of dysfunctionality there. I pretty much raised myself and um I just was learning from what I'm seeing and you know, TV people in the streets and, you know, picking up what you think is right, leaving what you think is wrong and making up your own uh, logic to it all by putting it all together. Um, that that particular experience growing up, I think, is the core to how I became who I am today. Um, when you are, when you're really like trying to figure it all out and you're also in survival mode, nine times out of 10, you'll do anything to change your situation. Mm. So I was one of those people that if I thought I could do it, I was willing to try it. And that's how I navigated into all these different industries of working and different you know, things with business is concerned. Um, so I've worked in collections, I've worked in the um, as a secretary in the auto in car mechanics, um, everybody's babysat, um, PR, news uh, newspaper writer, work for a magazine, radio personality, um, TV personality. I've been on TV shows and reality shows, um, so much stuff. Modeling. I've been a rapper and a singer. Um, a hairstylist, working in shops and doing all that. I used to do makeup, um, image consultant. Uh, I'm just kind of thinking and brand ambassador. I've done so much different stuff. A program you manager. Definitely tour manager. You're a renaissance woman. I mean, so people saw me doing all these things. And true enough, I'm not trying to sound, you know, too cocky or anything, but I can honestly say that I was gifted because mostly everything I tried, when I tried it, I did it on a high level and very good the first time. Mm. So what people saw was this girl who didn't really have, who didn't have solid parenting, who didn't have a solid support system, who really didn't have trust in anybody other than herself because everybody in her life had broken her trust early on in life. So I grew up not trusting. All I had, all I had left was to trust myself and to bet on me and to try. That's all I had. So I was forced to do whatever I could that I thought would make me a dollar. So if I thought that I could do it and I could be good at it in my mind, that equates to money, which equates to being able to live. So mm -hmm. I tried it. And that's really how we got to having all, all these different um, skills and trying all these different jobs. Well, it almost I was sounds, just really trying to survive. Yeah, it almost sounds like your your strong personality comes from you raising yourself and you kind of having to create that strongness in your life. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It may have been a part of that rebranding, which may be why you're so good at the branding side of things where you're 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 selling it, you're selling the concept and the idea. And that comes from you having to brand yourself growing up. That is that's absolutely amazing. You are absolutely right. And to be honest with you, I didn't give it the credit that it deserves. 
until you just said it because my company is called the AIM Agency. AIM actually stands for Altered Image. Mm. And I did not realize it until you just said it, like literally altering the image my whole life. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's 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 amazing to think about it because it's survival mode, just like you said. It's going into a survival mode where you have to survive in the environment that you're being placed in. And sometimes that means that you have to be a chameleon. You have to alter your ego, your your image, who you are as a person to make it through. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. See that good connection here, folks. That's what it's all about, right? Relationship is where healing happens. And so that's what we're all about. Now, can you kind of walk us through, Antoinette, your your leadership styles and how it has evolved and changed over the years from the different types of jobs that you've had and leading teams to now leading your own company and a nonprofit? Yes. So, um, in the beginning, going into leadership roles, like before it was big business, like with big corporations that you probably have heard of. At first, it was a really relaxed leadership style because it, it I hadn't actually stepped into owning that I am the leader. I was more so like, you know, yeah, they said I'm the leader, but, you know, we're all the same. So let's just mm -hmm. get things done. Um, that changed when I got into leadership with like Kenneth Cole and companies on that level. My leadership style became more of, of uh, more of a you have to do it this way and it has to be done right all the way. Like I, I, I kind of feel like I was more of a finger pointing type boss, like really on your butt because I had these big companies that were watching me heavy. And at that time I was like building my, my, my name with these companies. So I wasn't comfortable not going over and beyond to get, to make sure that they were like, yeah, we need to hire her again and keep her. You get what I'm saying? No, you started matching the environment of the corporation or the entity <laughs> yep. that you were a part of. Yep. Yep. Um, and that grew, I grew stronger in that because of the amount of pressure that those companies had on me. But what I will say about that style, there were pros to it and then there were cons to it. I did hit a lot of goals being that way. And I'm talking good numbers over, over the num over the goals that the company set. Cause if I had, Hey, when I was in leadership, if I had a goal that the company said, we want 10, I was going to put 75 on myself <laughs> okay. because I, that was just, I don't know. That was just me trying to overdo it, I guess. And, and to be honest with you, that's a trauma response that I didn't realize at that time. But it is. Um, so, yeah, that that helped me hit a lot of goals, but it didn't work good when it came to the relationship building part with the team, because mm -hmm. in order to be that way and make sure that they know that as their boss, I mean business, I couldn't be the personal friendly person that I naturally really was. Hmm. So. It just, there was just a small, uh, there was a disconnect there. So some people could handle it, but most couldn't. 
um, as I transitioned into um, running my own agency, and I've had businesses prior to the AIM agency. So, and I'm going to specifically talk about AIM because the other businesses, I was mentally at different levels and my leadership was still kind of flaky a little bit as far as how I was learning and becoming. Hmm. But with AIM, my leadership now, the understanding that I, I have for me and my staff is that I lead to create a leader, not an employee. So I, I don't really, um, I hire, I train, but then I let you fly. I'm, I, I wouldn't hire anyone if I didn't think that you can't fly on your own, then I can't hire you because I don't want to micromanage. I don't want to be that overbearing type boss. That's the reason why I want to have my own company in the first place, but the freedom and the relaxation of getting things done comfortably. And you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, so I try to create that type of space within the teams that I work with and bring on board. And not everyone is actually a staff member per se. I actually have the type of business model where my agents are independent contractors because we we actually want to help people build their businesses as well. So while you're working with us, you're also able to build on your business because we're doing business with your business. Okay. So now is this the style that you prefer? Yes. I prefer to lead leaders. Um, people that, with me being a coach and a consultant, um, if you are trying, if you want to be a leader and you're not one, then that's where the, I'd either be coaching or coaching you or mentoring you or something to that nature. But for the most part, after the training and process goes on, I let you fly, you know, and I understand there are going to be mistakes that come up, but I am pretty, um, because I've done these jobs that I bring people on board for nine times out of 10, excuse me, there aren't um, any mishaps that come up that I haven't already thought of mm -hmm. or spoke on or talked about because I've, I've done these things lots of times in many different ways on different levels with different types of industries. So I've kind of encountered so many things. I'm like, if something new happened, it'll shock me oh, because yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah, that's pretty much my leadership style is yeah. To let people be great at what they're great at and shine, fly, let them wings spread as wide as they go. Yeah, I really like how you said that aim to create leaders, not, you know, followers or not employees, if you will. I, I like that a lot. In fact, my style is very similar to that, where I like to come alongside because I know how I am. I know that I can push, push, push the drill instructor because I did. I was a drill instructor for four years that that guy loves to push. Right. Like I'm that's uh -huh. just that's that's needed in that environment. But I mm -hmm. like to push as much as I need to. And the reason I come alongside is because I can push. But when they start to fall, I can catch them because I'm right there next to them to where I can immediately revert from pushing on the back to catching in the front. Skinning the knees yeah, is perfectly that. fine. It's perfectly fine to skin the knees. Skinning knee, knees means that they're learning. Now, if they fall and bust their face, that's failure. And that's on me. Right. I can't deal right. with that. That's got to be something completely different. So. Uh, I, I really, I love, I love some of that, that you gave actually, well, I love most of what you gave us. 
the the standard being the the pressure uh the you know the the different styles that you navigated in and out of and i'm sure that there's opportunities where you see it where you need to kind of mix some of those together yes there are um i found that being too too relaxed with the with people that need to be um they need to be given deadlines and things like that. That's where I kind of just add in accountability partnerships, sort of speak. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm your boss, but then I just be an accountability partner, checking in every so often, saying, "Hey, did you did you get this done? Did you do this? Oh, don't forget, we need to get da 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 da." But not in a way where I'm like over your shoulder, um, bugging you about the same things over and over and over again. Just in a in a way that's like, you know, because at the end of the day, I make it make people understand that I'm, I'm human just like you. So even though I'm always um, going over things, making sure that I cross the T's and dot the I's, I'm still human. So I still do make mistakes and I know that they will, too. But I think just, you know, trying to be a accountability partner helps a lot. Now, being human, Miss Antoinette, but also at the same time, you are a superhero. So <laughs> you, there is a balance there, right, between being human and being super being superhuman. <laughs> there, look, there is because you know how they be like, you always think you're right or you think you know everything. Mm -hmm. Oh, the I got funny it. thing. The funny thing about that statement is. If it comes out of my mouth, I am right. And you know why? Because I don't speak on things I don't know. Mm, Period. There it is. There I don't. Is. I'm not one of those people that are like, I'm a believer in this or that. That's not me. I don't even use that word. I don't believe in anything. I either know it or I don't know it. And if I don't know it, why am I speaking on something I don't know about? That means I need to be researching until I know. You're muted, Nate. Well, that is called wisdom, right? That's what that is. Okay, okay. That's that's called wisdom, speaking when you know and holding your tongue when you don't until you find a solid answer, then coming back with it. That's called wisdom. Mm, okay, I take that. Because, <laughs> like, I tell people all the time, you know, um, when someone asks me about something, I'll be like, look, don't make me laugh to you. I'm like, to be honest, I really don't know. And, like, say, for instance, if you taught me something today, right? But I didn't fully retain everything that you gave me, but I retain just a piece of it. And I might really want to share this information with somebody. I'm the type I'm like, yeah, this is what it was about. I was like, but please don't take my word for it because I'm not a teacher in this area. And I'm doing you a disservice by giving you only this part of it and not the full text of context of everything, because I feel like if you can't give the supporting details, you kind of hurt the situation. So that's why I choose to not say I don't know about. I, if, I, if I'm not sure, I just leave it alone and be like, shut up, <laughs> or be like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know you to death. <laughs> well, and you know what? In speaking about stuff that we don't know or that we don't see a lot of, spiritual resilience. This is something that we try to cookie cutter, that we try to make into this, you know, this one thing. And, and we can't 
we can't see that the, there's actually different approaches to it. There are square holes that are need to be filled with square pegs and circled holes filled with circled pegs. What comes uh -huh. to mind when we say spiritual resilience? Well, resiliency in itself is, to me, is the, the go, even when you feel like you can't go. But when you bring it together with spirituality, to me, spirituality is, is a self-knowledge thing. It's really all about self to me. Um, I feel that we are all pieces of, pieces of the most high or the creator, whatever term you want to put on it, on how we got here. I think that all of us are a form of that. And spiritual resilience is, to me is about going deep within yourself to not stop or give up, to keep going. You have, It's coming to a place within you that pushes you to keep going. Hmm. Like it's not, not, my, not your kids, not your parents, not the goal of getting money or getting a reward for whatever thing it's you it's something inside of you it's almost like um oh this is touchy to say so mm -hmm. I, I i don't mean any um harm to anyone and this could possibly be a trigger warning so excuse me if it is but you know when you deal with people who um have tried to commit suicide, but were unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. Suicide is a very hard thing to do. Like, it's really hard to, like, unless, if you do something that, like, um, pull a trigger, like, once you do that, you know, the trigger is pulled. But what I mean is, like, like somebody trying to smother yourself, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's something inside of you that as soon as you get to that point, you can't breathe. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. you're pulling the, the, the bag back off your head. It's something in you that just that just pushes you to go and keep going and keep going and keep going. I don't I, I don't have I don't know what that thing is outside of it being what you call what you said. It's exactly what you said. Spiritual resilience. What else is it to call it? Yeah, I mean, very, very proven point. And, and I, I get what you were saying about, you know, the difference between pulling, you know, and, and suffocation that there's, there's something that 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 drives you beyond that point. It's it's that comma in the sentence, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's that that short pause, and then propel past in my case, it's comma, but God, right? Like, that's, that's how I believe. That's the, okay. the point to get over. But how do you build spiritual resiliency within yourself? Um, I don't even, to be honest, I don't know how I build it. It's just there already. Okay, I don't know. Okay, so how do you cultivate it? How do you how do you grow it, or how do you strengthen it? Um. Well, I mean, I guess some people would say because I use affirmations, or I don't. But to me, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that because I don't feel that I'm building that. It's just there. And it's there for me when I need it. I'm not building it. It's there already. I came here with it. Like, I don't, 
all these things that we have when we say, um, oh, you're a strong person. I don't think that my experience made me, what I went through as a kid or as an adult made me stronger. I know that I came here already strong. I already had it when I got here. I didn't get anything by building it that way. I came here with it. I already got it. And that's kind of what I teach to people that I work with and, and train on different things, because really you have everything within you that you need to achieve any goal that you set for yourself in this, during this human experience. You don't need parents. You don't need a book. You don't need school. You don't need YouTube. You don't need nothing. You literally have everything inside of you already to get and make whatever happen that you want to happen. Mm. It's up to you to, to tap into that space to get there, though. So even though you already have it, that doesn't mean that you automatically know how to go and get it. That's where the work comes in to figuring out what you need to do to tap into your place of what I like to say, remembering, mm. because I feel that we have these things in us already when we come here. But once we enter the human experience, we kind of forget those things and something has to happen that we that some people may relate to as an awakening or a breakthrough or something like that, that makes you remember certain things within yourself. And then it's like the light switch happens. Now you're tapped into the stronger parts of yourself and the parts of you that are pushing you to go and do said things. I've been I've been this way a very long time for as far as I can remember. I literally just had a conversation with my cousin um, yesterday and she was just saying she was like, you know, you always been this way. You said I would never, ever see you working a hard labor job. Mm. She was like, because there's just something in you that you always had. You just know how to just use what you got inside of you to make things happen. And when she said that I was listening and I'm not like, I'm not in awe when she say these things because I'm, it doesn't seem like that's what it is to me because it's me living it. So I don't feel like I just always had it when I heard her say it. I'm like, Hmm, I guess you're right. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just going. So I think that there's that it's in you already. Okay. So then how do you cultivate it inside of a team? How do you pull it out? How do you, you say you need to just bring it out. How would you suggest to your teammates, to your people that work with you to pull that out? Like you've been well, with your experience of, of your family, your, your past has driven you to have to do that yourself naturally. So, you know, how, how you can, you can do something and do it very well, but you it's just something that you just don't know how to teach. Mm -hmm. That specific thing, I can't teach you that. You either got it or you don't. You either have it in you or you don't. You know, it, it's almost like the, the term, nobody's coming to save you. So you're either gonna mm. look inside yourself and say, what do I need to do to blah, 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 whatever that thing is. It's, I don't know how to teach that specifically. I don't. It's just, it's there for me. Um, what I will say is I tell everybody, look inside yourself. And, and I don't know what that means to you. But when someone tell me to look inside myself, I'm looking at what am I good at? 
what am I bad at, what I like, what I don't like, what make me feel good, what don't. I don't think there's a cookie cutter answer to that. I mean, I don't, and I, I don't know how to teach it. I don't. You either got it or you don't. No, nah, I, I get it. I, and I get what you're saying. It's it's hard because we see it from our perspective. And if we haven't lived it ourselves, that's why when somebody tells me that they're going through something that I haven't been through, I can't look at them and say, well, I know what you're going through. I, I can't right. do that. I can't say that to somebody. I can't say that to a female regarding childbirth. I've never been there. I have never given birth to a child. I can tell you mm -hmm. I want to understand I want to see mm -hmm. what you're going through from your perspective, but I can't look at it to and tell you, honestly, I've been there. I, I know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. so, so give us a moment where you had a, maybe a time when you had to rely on the spiritual pillar to, to navigate through something in your life. This is this is your story, Antoinette. So you you bring us along. Um, well, um. In, in there's in generations back, I'll, there has been separation between mother and child with multiple generations in my family. Um, that for me was definitely a hard, um, a hard time where I definitely had to really just focus on my why and my existence of, of how to deal with such. Growing up, not having parents that you can rely on, um, it, it, turned, it changes you a bit and makes you a different person. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> Talking about a, a moment, a time when you had to rely on your spiritual pillar to navigate through something hard in your life. Yeah. Okay. I was just making sure I didn't get off track. Oh, you were good. Um, that's my whole life, really. Um, I found out when I was thirty something that uh, my mom gave me to my godfather and his wife when I was either they're older now. So one of them said two weeks old. The other one said two days old. So I don't know how old I was because I didn't mm. even know that. She gave them to me. I just knew that I lived with them for a while when I was a kid. But I've always lived with different people my in, shit, all, all my childhood life. So uh, I guess the whole time, you know, not having parents, you have to rely on yourself. Even though you have people that will be nice to you or kind to you or treat you good there's this there's a there's a, a feeling that you just always feel when you, that you know that it would be different if it was from your own loving parent mm -hmm. um there's a feeling that you have it's like if you were a kid that uh let's say you lived in a house with your grandparents or auntie and uncle and it's a bunch of other kids there too they buy they kids something, they get you one too, but there's still that feeling that you have when you know you, you can't rely on your own parents. Hmm. When so you have to be would, the when you have to be the parent for the parent. That too. That's a whole nother part of it. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you said something very, very important in that. 
You you said she gave them to me. She gave them to me. It's almost like like you look at it like it was a present from her. Like it like your 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 godparents were a present from her to you. Uh, well, I will say that I think I definitely think I don't think I know that had I not been removed out of their lives, my life would be a hundred percent different. I've had um, two, actually. Um, I had another family that um, I lived with uh, in my childhood that were really, really good to me, too. And also with them, I was snatched from them. And it's, it's and now that I'm having this conversation with you, I'm realizing that all the situations that were good for me they snatched me out of and put me in bad in bad situations all over again. Every time it was a good situation, they snatched me out of it and put me in a bad situation. Because mm. they, my aunt, uh, she's that I'm talking about. She's not my birth aunt, but you know, growing up living in her house, that's what I called her. Um, she recently passed, but prior to her passing, I had constantly been going and visiting her. Um, periodically because my significant other's mom was going to the hospital down the street from her house. So I would use that time to just go sit and hang out and chit chat and all that good stuff. And we would reminisce and talk about different things. And um, she voiced to me several times, like, we have no idea why your mother took you out of our lives and completely stopped talking to us because we didn't do anything mm. wrong to her or you. And I don't know, like, I would say that the people that were those two families, her, my aunt, and then my godparents, they were really good situations. So, yes, I would say they were like gifts to me because they were good situations for me. Yeah, we so this is a, a subject that's kind of important to my family, just simply because our son is adopted. Right. We okay. adopted him two years ago. So okay. we've kind of seen that transition where. You, you see the ebbs and the flow through the hurt and the pain that kind of come with those types of situations. Mm -hmm. But what we're trying to build, we're trying to build resiliency in him, just like you are displaying every single day with the different jobs that you've had or the different businesses that you've had. You have done an amazing turnaround where you're, you're making sure that number one, you're being taken care of. And it almost seems like you're wanting to make sure that those around you are being taken care of, which is why you always refer to as the you're, you're creating leaders. Your aim is to create leaders, not employees or or subordinates. You're you're wanting to empower other people around you. And that's an, that's a very useful tool to have to be able to tell somebody and to, to build them up in that way. So I think you're getting your resiliency in that way. Thank you. I um I, I can I, I can say that you might be right about that because I don't I honestly don't think of it that way. Like I have a habit of just going. Most of my life is kind of autopilot unless I'm like on vacation. Mm. It's it, I'm just I'm just going. I'm con and I'm always going. It's it's something because I've always been going, even as growing up. I'm always going now as an adult. So, yeah, I am trying to empower you as a leader and all these things. But to me, it's like the natural thing to do. It's not like I'm setting out to say, 
I'm going to do this because it makes me feel better, or I'm going to do this because it makes me a better person or any other reason, then I know for a fact that you got to have your own back because people will just, people will let you down in so many ways. So I'm trying to build you up to be the best you could be without me. If you mm. walk away from me today, whatever you, whatever you learn from me, you can take and do great things with it. So when I hire people and put people in position, I give you a prime example. When I produced my uh, this TV show with uh, this network in Georgia, AIB, the people that I hired, my production assistants, all the people I hired for the project, outside of the camera crew that which I didn't hire because the the net the TV network had the camera crew, I hired people that really weren't at the top they weren't um not saying they weren't at the top of their game but most of them had never done it before or you know what i'm trying to say on purpose i oh, said yeah. okay i'm gonna train you i'm gonna give you this position so that when you're done with me here you could take this to bt abc wgn whoever and you can get a real job from these people in them positions if you want to because i'm gonna give you the experience that you need right here today and i'm gonna train you how to do it you want to take something. It's it's a rough start, right? It's a rough start for people. They've had a rough start in life. They don't know their job 100%. But by the time that you get done with them, they're going to be elevated above. They still have room to improve and go further. But you're at least right. empowering them to learn. Right. Absolutely. Right. I love that. But I, I want to. I'm not going to say that. I'm, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I, I I actually am very uh, confident in those that worked with me to actually, yeah, they could learn. You can always learn more in any field you're in. You can never know everything, but they able to go and get, get positions and not have to be trained again because I train, I'm, I'm very hands on and, and I'm a, I'm a literal person. If you don't understand something or I don't understand something, I'm going to flip that question around 50 times until me and you both are on the same. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to flip it 50 times until we're on the same page. Yeah, because, you know, you, it's almost like an interrogation. You got to you, you got to ask this question 50 different ways. To get to, to, get the, to the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So when I'm teaching something, if I can teach you this same thing 50 different ways, I know for sure you're going to be able to do it because I done taught it the same thing 50 times. Mm. Well, now I'm going to flip it on you a little bit. I want to know something okay. else that you're doing good. You're you started a nonprofit called Bonded by Birth. What yes. what is that? Bonded by birth is we're an advocate for parents and children dealing with ruptured relationships due to the separation or disconnection from one another. Um, when I first started Bonded by Birth, it was meant to be a full blown um, program where we're working with organizations and the program will be implemented into schools and places where parents and children were separated from each other. That was the goal. And that's probably something that we still will try to do in the future. Um, honestly, I haven't done a whole lot with Bonded by Birth because my personal um, situation was still very, I'm still very attached and connected to it, um, to me and my son's situation. So my history 
became my son's story, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're separated from each other today. So what I found was when I launched Bonded by Birth, my first interview was uh, on iHeart's uh, intellectual radio, and I was out with these shirts, and people are seeing this name, and I had all these people reaching out, asking me questions, but what is it about? And then I'd be telling one person, and then some stranger walks up and starts telling me their story, and they crying, I'm crying, but we in a grocery store, or we're at the gas station. I mean, like, it was just very heavy, and... um it took me back a lot. It, it took, I had done a lot of work on my healing journey and I found myself feeling like I was going backwards because I was reattaching mm-hmm. to my situation from a perspective of these other people's situation. Mm, and it was a little rough for me. So, um, yeah, I kind of had just set it down and just let it be. For a while, um, it's still kind of that way. But what I am doing is if someone that I know is or is has reached out and they're experiencing that and they just need the support, I am definitely still open to being that support. You can still reach out. I'm still going to give you a coaching session, whatever. I'm not the type of coach that um, you can do like, OK, I see you every Wednesday at three o'clock. I'm not. I don't do it that way because I'm not able to be that hands-on with any one person all the time. My life is has a lot of things going on in it, so I'm busy a lot. But um, just as a support from the perspective of, hey, I've been there, and I can lend my ear and some advice and some healing techniques that you can try to um, implement into your daily lifestyle to help make things better. So what are you doing with your company now? Like what is what is happening with Altered Image Agency? The AIM Agency is always moving. Even when I don't, when when I want to sit still, the AIM Agency is moving. <laughs> um, currently, we are, we've, we've partnered with Soshigo Digi to create a um, podcast sponsorship collaboration program. And what that is, is where, we are offering branding asset, brand design assets and sponsorships to podcasts 100% free. Basically, in a nutshell, you know, a lot of these podcasts, they need branding and they need their at brand design assets done and they don't have it all together and trying to figure it out on their own is taking them weeks, months and some even years. We're saying, hey, we're a brand, a branding company. We'll provide all of that to you, um, 100% free of charge as a sponsorship. And then you, in turn, give us a spot, just like you did for your sponsor before in your intro. You know, you give us a spot. You showcase the sponsor on your assets, you know, and in your description or whatever. And we get the advertisement from it. And that's one of the main things we're doing right now. We're working on that currently. Um, we're also partnering with uh, a lot of different companies in regards to some of their business needs, because what I find is collaboration and partnership works a whole lot better over client business relationship. And what I mean is 
a person could come and pay you if you charge 500, 1,000, whatever you charge for whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But that partnership is going to probably bring you more than whatever that one-time fee is Mm -hmm. because of the longevity of the agreement, if you make the right type of agreement. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, And that's not even a new thing. It's really how I built the entire company, actually, through partnerships and collaborations. Well, I definitely know the the struggles of trying to pull together your ideas and get everything put down onto paper to get the branding up and going. Uh, this is abs- actually episode 14 of our podcast. It It's grown really, really quickly in audience size. I think we're up to 2,000 mm-hmm. per episode, which is great. But, uh, you know, being at 14 yeah. episodes Congratulations. in... Thank you. Still trying to 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 grow the concept of what this is. It's actually turning in and creating its own story. But I know that I had a great team uh, of military podcasters, different groupings, different people that have reached in and invested in me. So, you know, to have that network available is absolutely uh, essential to being able to be yeah. great and to, to be able to give that to individuals to come alongside and, and sponsor in in that way is just as vitally important absolutely absolutely so continue doing what you're doing uh your story just continues to grow and grow as you help another individual and i understand what you're saying about with the with the nonprofit. every time that you try to heal yourself and you have to but anytime you rip off those band-aids you're you're just doing more damage sometimes so yep so I can understand where where you have to heal and continue on. But at the same time, I like how you're still softened to when you can see it in somebody that needs to needs to be heard. I tell my staff all the time, do you need me to listen to hear or do you need me to listen to respond? And there's a big there's a big difference between those two styles of listening. And so in the same way, that's what you're doing. You're saying, do I need to listen to, to respond to you in that situation? Or do you just need somebody to hear you? So keep, keep yeah. doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Um, just to piggyback off of that, in that, in that space, it's a tricky situation. You People on the outside look at separation and they can come up with a million different um, mm-hmm. perceptions or opinions. But one thing for certain is no matter why, I don't care if the if the parent or the child was sick in the hospital, there was incarceration, whether it was death, whether it was um, parent falling on hard times and child has to go live with grandma or somebody until parent get it together. Whatever reason parent and child is separated, there is some major trauma traumatic uh traumatic emotions that happen on both sides the parent and the child especially when it's before the age of 18. and from that point it's all about being heard because people are going to make up in their own mind what they think based upon whatever information they are privy to at that time but it's very most cases most people really don't know all the details and in those cases, people do really need to be heard. It's not really about responding because no matter what I say to you, I'm not bringing your baby home to you. 
So Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter about what I have to say. What matters is that you're able to express from your own perspective how you feel because how you feel is valid no matter what that feeling is, whether it's anger, sad, whatever it is, it's a valid feeling because you feel it. And that's more reason enough for it to be validated. Mm, Absolutely. And validation is key in a lot of of senses. You just need to know that somebody validates the concept and what you're going through. Yep. Well, hey, Antoinette, I know that you're an author. I know that you write lyrics. I know you've always constantly got ideas going on in your head and, and you've got all these things that you're, you're trying to get down on paper. But can you give us a book that you recommend? Not necessarily that you're reading right now, but rather just one that you recommend to kind of help people through. Yes, The 48 Laws of Power. The 48 Laws of Power. Yep. What is that about? Obviously, it's the 48 laws, right? I, look, I'll do you. I'm going to do you one better. Google it and go get it. Absolutely. That's the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. Yes, ma'am. And I only say that because I could tell you about it. But if you take the time to go and research what it's about, if you don't already know, and this is really for the listeners. If you take the time to go research it, you bound to go and grab it. And it's going to do you justice. No matter how high or low you are in your life, it will do you justice. All right. You all heard it here. Absolutely. Hey, Antoinette, thank you so much for being here today. Today's episode is only possible thanks to my friend, and producer G. Frazier with 369sounddesign.com. Jeff and I have known each other for over 20 years. Uh, It has been an amazing relationship and just even grown even more so outside of the military as he has probably the hardest job of anyone by making me sound good. So we are blessed by the entire team here at the Wartime Leadership Podcast. We will see you next week.